So what was the Asbury Revival? Today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about that. That has been the rage of Christian media. Even some some regular media has been covering this. I'm Ben, you're Dan, and we are the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship Church. And Dan, what do you, you we have been asked this question at least a dozen times by a number of different people. And and, and, and you, I have successfully avoided not commenting on this until I, this episode. I know. I was like, hey, let's do an episode on this. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why? Just, just I want all of our listeners to understand <laughs> I am here under protest and duress because I have, I'm the kind of guy, you know, I'm a curmudgeon. So I'm. The, you and I have talked about this, though. We've talked about it privately. Privately. But yes. the, the, when I see a bandwagon, the first thing I do is try to figure out a way to stay off of it. No, and pop the wheel. And pop the wheel <laughs> with a howitzer. <laughs> Shoot the Clydesdales. Um, no, oh, but the, but man. Um, the, the reality is that we're going to talk about this, but. I'm nervous because, first of all, I don't want to be viewed as the guy who cynically squashes revival. You don't want to be church curmudgeon. I don't want to be church curmudgeon. But you know, at, but at the same time, there are some things about our response to this that really stick in my craw just a little bit. Because yeah. to me, it looks like, and, to, and, and as the day we're doing this mm-hmm. episode, they basically said, "Don't come. We're we're move, we're, we're we're closing the chapel, right, and yeah. we're not going to continue doing this. Mm-hmm. We may move it to another venue or something." Mm-hmm. And the reason they're having to do this is because it turned into some kind of weird evangelical tourist attraction where everybody from Todd Brantley Brantley to uh, you, you know bloggers and and uh, uh, Bethel music and and yeah, Hillsong it, it, music it turned were, into a sideshow. It turned into an absolute circus. Yeah. And that, you know, if, if everybody think, should thank God every day that I'm not God, because <laughs> I think I would have opened up the earth at some point, except for where the actual revival okay. was occurring. So, so you, I think, I think when, when you're, what, what you're saying, and I know you, Dan, I've known you for many years. Yes, you have. <laughs> and if you're sitting there like, Dan, why are you being like that? Here's what I would, I'm going to defend you for a moment. Oh, thank you. Okay. Somebody reason, finally the, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that you have your perspective the way that you do is because of two things. Number one, you're from Missouri. Is that it? No, that's number one. Well, I haven't lived there for 40 years. I know, but but it's ingrained like it's the show me state. Yeah. I'm... Right? I mean, but don't show me a week. Show me, show me a year. Show me two years. Show me that this is a legitimate thing. That's that's just part of who you are. That is part of Okay, so that's that's part of what you're saying. But I think the other reality is, and you and I have both grown up in church circles. You're a little bit older than me, but we have seen the manipulation of man in the name of Jesus uh, happen over and over and yeah. over again. That and I have a significant disdain for the super complex evangelical, whatever it is, church growth movement type stuff where we chase gurus, and we've been doing this since the 70s, so somebody's church gets a little large a little quickly, and everybody, all the pastors, they cancel whatever they're doing, and they run, and they want to sit at the feet of the guru and learn how to do that, (laughs) rather than sitting at the feet of God and saying, God, how can you bless us in our context? Yeah. 
then then they come back and they you know they go to Los Angeles and they visit uh, visit Rick Warren or they go to Chicago and visited um, Willow Creek, Willow Creek uh, or Atlanta. Andy Stanley in yeah. Atlanta and then they run back to Podunk Iowa and think that it's going to work <laughs> there like it worked somewhere else and it doesn't and then they're disillusioned until the next guru comes up then they run over and buy his books John Maxwell you know and at some point. I think it's pathetic, and I also think it's very much kind of like the business world operates, mm. and and we ought to be we ought to be seeking true revival and true direction, true anointment, true vision yeah. from yeah. God yeah. first, and and yeah. not who happens to be flavor of the month. Yeah. Okay. Was so that mean? no, 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 mean. no. I think that I think what you're expressing is you have a healthy dose of of experience that you have seen. The, the evangelical machine manipulate people into thinking that this is a work of God when it's not. That was a much nicer way of saying it, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, that was, <laughs> all right, we're Good. done here. No. <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask you, what I mean, you and I talked about this, you know, off yeah. microphone, mm-hmm. and I like the way you put it. I like what you said in our church on Sunday, and I agree with you, by mm-hmm. the way. So, so for those who haven't heard you say, give us your take on what has occurred in Asbury, Kentucky, yeah, at this United Methodist school, yeah, um, that appears to be an unusual anointing of the Holy Spirit yeah. that began at a chapel service. I I'm cautiously optimistic that it's legit, um, but I don't know, and I think the thing that I go back to is it's real, not by the emotions in the moment. It's real by what fruit is produced by it. And I think that's always the work of the Spirit. And so um, I'm less, I, I will say this, I've been very encouraged by the way that Asbury University has handled it. They didn't, they didn't allow the evangelical machine to take it over. And I, and I thank God for that, that they had some awareness of um, we're not going to let big name people in the room. We're not going to let. This is not for cameras. This is this is for young people. They they typically limited it to people twenty five and younger. Um, no one who had any kind of following or national presence was allowed on the stage. It, they kept it very personal, and and there has been some. There have been signs that it's it's starting to happen in other campuses. I I don't know, right? Like I I don't. It's. What I would say is it's too early to even make a judgment. All we know is that something has happened, and I hope it's real. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Dan. I Only my wife knows this. Like, I, I shed tears on Saturday thinking about this, but not— I shed tears because I was so heartbroken that this is so— it's like we are in this desert land in the smallest drop of the Holy Spirit moving— we flock to it like we are starving for something. That should tell us something about our souls that whatever we're doing right now is not in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's What we're doing for the majority is we are working through our own idols. We're working through our own means, our own strength, and we have yet to see the Spirit of God sweep through this nation. And so there, I, be, I believe it's showing two things. It's showing the pride of mankind because whenever something seems like it's from God— People want to flock to it, bottle it, and sell it on the mm-hmm, corner, mm-hmm. and that's despicable. To Absolutely. Me. Um, but then there's also this part of me that yearns to see that people people are hungry for a work of the Spirit, and my hope is that it's Israel. So, and I my prayer is that it spreads and that is it infects our churches, not because we want to say, "Well, look at us," because Jesus is worthy, and if we want to see the world changed. It takes a movement of the spirit like this. So that's 
in my few minutes, that's how I would summarize how I feel. And and I I love the fact that you've chosen a cautious what I call a cautious optimism mm-hmm. toward it because yeah. <clears throat> I think if you've been following it on social media and other places, you see two really divergent responses. One is a a treating it like a tourist attraction, right? And and again, no great revival that I'm ever aware of resulted in necessarily people turning it into a tourist attraction. I mean, so, social media has done that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and if this happened if this happened 20 years ago, we would not be seeing which, the same response. Which is why until this very moment, I have resisted even commenting on it publicly. I didn't put anything on my own social media right. feeds about it be, because I... Who cares what I think? If it's of God, I'm, I'm serious. If it's of God, then then he does not need my oh, amplification, my right? That, but and 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 I see everybody piping in on it, and it, it it just adds to the cacophony of racket, as opposed to really being to hear from God in those moments. Yeah. The, but we do know in history there have been at least in American history two significant revivals called the First Great Awakening and the Second Great mm-hmm. Awakening. We also know that in American history, there have been multiple faux revivals. Mm-hmm. I, I would point out the on the North American continent, the Toronto Blessing mm-hmm. and the Brownsville Revival mm-hmm. that were back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I think they were connected at some level. Yeah. But by, you know, well- Ve- They were very charismatic. Very oh, charismatic in the, nature. Like they were barking like yeah. dogs and, yeah. and dancing like maniacs and mm-hmm. very bizarre behavior. But I knew when I lived in Palm Beach County and the Brownsville Revival was in northern Florida, there were literally churches that were chartering buses and oh, taking people up there like it was they were chartering going to Chartering from all over, the, all over the southeast it was happening. Yeah, for, for this emotional experience yeah. of some, of some yeah. kind. Um, but, but, you know, probably, you know, an interesting conversation. And in fact, I almost... It was part of a book I was writing um, on called Runaway Bride, but we trace this back to the origins of American revivalism in the mm-hmm. late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm. Uh, Charles Finney, yep. um, even to some extent, maybe a little lesser, but part of the whole movement would have been people like D.L. Moody, um, who I have huge respect sure, for. I believe yeah. he's a great preacher. Yeah. Uh, Billy Sunday, who was responsible for the there, amendment yes. of, for prohibition. Yes. Yeah. Um, so th- there were these, and, and I would also add to that promise keepers in the, mm-hmm. in the 90s where mm-hmm. you had these huge movements of men. Rallies, yeah. But, but the end result of those was not, a culture shift. No, 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 no. In in the country. So so the question is were they really revivals or were they yeah. just experiences? So with all of that going back to you know the the first great awakening uh you know you had the Wesley brothers you had you had uh George Whitfield um Jonathan Edwards Jonathan Edwards the, mm-hmm. these these folks what can we learn about their revivals? Yeah, I I think Jonathan Edwards who preached the sermon sinners in the hands of an angry god that supposedly was was one of the, you know, hallmarks, uh, or, or I guess a watershed moment of the first Great Awakening. And Edwards would be considered one of the fathers of Puritanism. Yes, too, absolutely. Um, but he he wrote a book after the fires had settled down, and he was able to really take an outside perspective. And he came up with um, nine signs by which not to judge a work of the Spirit, and then five signs of or scripture evidences of a work of the spirit. And so here's what he wrote. And I, and I, and I would agree with these, not, not just because they make logical sense and, um, and not just because he lived through them, but because they, I think they're scriptural, but the first 
first section, signs by which not to judge. So if these things are happening, it doesn't mean it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the work is unusual and extraordinary. Number two, it produces bodily or emotional effects. Number three, it occasions a great deal of noise about religion or spirituality. Number four, great impressions are made on the imagination. Number five, one means used is setting an example or following another. So the whole idea is like it's about following a man, not, mm-hmm. not you know, uh, it's it's not about the spirit. Um, number six, it is accompanied by great imprudences and irregularity, irregularity. I can't say this irregularities in conduct. So the whole idea is the whole dancing and barking and mm-hmm. that's laughing. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's that's that's a that's not really a normal thing to do. Um, it is intermixed with errors in judgment or delusions of Satan. That's number seven. Number eight, some who are worked upon at first later fall away. And then finally, it is promoted by ministers who insist on the terrors of God's holy law. Which is interesting coming from Edwards. Yeah. So, but his whole thing was it needs to be about the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Hmm. So, anyways, just because, I think his whole point is just because you hear a lot of noise and just because you see a lot of movement doesn't mean it's a movement. Hmm. And this is what leads us to the the five works that are. Do you want to say anything yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, just, just I think one of the principles here that we ought to just emphasize because we both have dear friends who were a part of the charismatic movement mm-hmm. and 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 certainly because you and I come from baptist backgrounds but people who come from mainstream denominations mm-hmm. and baptist backgrounds mm-hmm. often are accused of being um almost stoic mm. in everything from worship to right. our response to right. the holy spirit but it is our belief and i believe it's a biblical belief that we hold experiences accountable to absolutes absolutely because because experiences vary widely they're cultural they're mm. you know they, they involve emotion mm-hmm. uh, that varies from person to person so in other words you evaluate experiences on something that doesn't change and that isn't yeah privy to cultural influences and so forth, which is the Bible, the That's word right, of God. hundred percent. And, and, and so I, I see a lot of that in there. In other words, don't get swept up in the emotion of exactly, a moment exactly. because those, those moments can come at presidential inaugurations. They can come, they can come at a sad movie. They can, can come, come at a rock concert. At a rock concert. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things you can have. You can have an emotional experience doing anything. Yeah. Um, so, so what are the, what are Edwards views so, on what is a legit? He says scriptural spirit? evidences of a work of the spirit of this number one it raises the esteem of jesus christ in their eyes mm. okay so jesus is lifted up high mm. it's not a i feel great i'm i'm it is all about jesus people love jesus more people um it, it's he's glorified more number two it operates against satan's interest by discouraging sin so the whole idea is people sin less mm-hmm. you think about even the revival in the New Testament that we saw in the book of Acts when in, in Ephesus people were burning up those scrolls and the witchcraft and I mean people were doing making uh incredible acts of self-sacrifice and and giving up sin like it's a gut-wrenching repentance. Yes, there is a massive turn a, away from sin. Um number 3, it causes men to have a greater regard for the holy scriptures. So it means that people are more sensitive, more open to the to to the Bible, mm-hmm. that they're listening to it, they're more sensitive to it. Um number 4, it is a spirit of truth which convicts them of the gospel truth. So it's leading them to greater conviction in the gospel. Uh, and then number five, it is a spirit of love towards God and man. It means that people lo- are are bent towards that compassion, that love, that grace, that mercy. And it doesn't just go towards God, but you see it flow out towards other, other people. So he says, when you see those five things happen, it's a work of the spirit. 
Excellent. And I and I think all of us could read that and say say like, yeah, absolutely. That's what a true revival. So so when we're trying to say what's going on in Asbury, we can't we can't really know except unless we talk to someone who's there. Um, is this stuff happening? We do. It's too early to make that judgment, right? Um, but what we do hope is that it that this is what is produced. What Jonathan Edwards says, because he saw it with his own eyes, he experienced it with his own life. That hopefully one day we will see that kind of movement of the spirit. And so, you know, I, I just think it's it's challenging for us today to have anything more than an idea. But I would not, I would not put any money on anything, on any outcome at this point. So <clears throat> let's let's go another angle at it, because I think this is worthy of addressing. Talk to people who have an inclination, like I do, mm-hmm. of being the cynic okay. or of being the negative. A lot of us come from fundamentalist yeah. backgrounds. Yeah. So you and I both have seen- Manipulation. Uh, well, no, but we've also seen people on the, on the hard right who are- literally declaring this almost a satanic work. Uh, the, the fact that apparently one of the people that got up and gave his testimony is what, what identifies himself as a homosexual mm-hmm. who is living the celibate life, mm-hmm. but still struggles with the inclination. Yeah. And he, he had a lot to say and and, and said it pretty flamboyantly. Um, and, and so they automatically have written off the entire yeah. thing because of that voice. And there's others who are, you know, when Todd Brantley, who's a, a, an extreme charismatic um, fool, and <laughs> sorry, but it's the truth, um, you know, shows up there and says, see, these are the kind of people. So what do you say to the person who just almost takes a gleeful joy yeah. in saying this can't be of God? I, what I would say is this, you, you're not God. Yeah. And so the the one thing I would say is, watch your pride because a lot of times people that well if it's not a part of it's not happening within my tribe my my evangelical tribe it's not it's not my really particular working. denomination yeah, like i can't imagine god working in methodist and not in you know fill in the blank right it, like god is not beholden to any in fact i don't i don't think god is it even comes in the mind of god to be like Hmm, should I bless the Presbyterians this week or not? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't think in denomination. He thinks of his name, mm-hmm. the name of Jesus. And so I think that we have to really ask ourselves, is our cynicism based on it's not happening in my tribe first? I think that's a lot of pride. I think the other thing is um, make sure that just we have to make make sure that we're not looking at men as much as we are at Jesus or at the spirit. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, people might be doing a lot of things around it, but let's not let what people are doing around it make us make a judgment on what God is doing in it. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't know what God's doing in it yet because it, it could be it could be something, it could not be something. But I think we just have to hold off. Keep your eyes keep, keep your eyes fully focused on the Spirit, what God is doing, and not what man is doing. All right, so that was my advice. Who? What advice would you give to the, someone who's head over heels? And is like, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. What what word of caution would you give to them? Yeah, I I, I truly believe that on all things, and and this comes with being a little older, um, that it is always wise to be hopeful. Yep. But to wait 
and for the wait for the genuine results. Yes. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, by the way, had a great book oh, that he wrote years ago yes. called When Revival Tarries, and yes. I would highly, highly recommend He preaches a sermon on that as well. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and the fact is that revival does tarry. Re- yes. w- w- the, there are end results, as, as you mentioned, and Edwards and Whitfield and, and Wesley all wrote of as well, but, but there are long-term impacts to genuine revival. You will not be the same. That's right. Um, your life will be transformed by the power That's of right. the gospel through the work mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And this is more than a moment in time. It's more than an emotional experience or utterance of some kind. And that we need to be patient. God does not operate. God does not operate. He operates with a sense of urgency, mm. but not a sense of chaos. Not, yes. not, not a sense of, he, he never freaks out. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> he, never not in control. He's never not in control. <laughs> and, and so we have to understand that God may be starting a movement, um, but we have no power to, to, to make it happen faster. That's right. Or slower or not at all. That's right. A hundred percent. Or on our timetable. And and so uh, I, I love how you put it originally that, you know, that, you know, you're hopeful, you're optimistic, um, but also you're not going to be reactionary. Yeah. And I think that's just a good posture about everything. Yeah. Because the world does not need more cynics. Uh-huh. Um, and the world does not need more falsehoods. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, this has been a great conversation. I think if I could sum up, um, we want to see revival, not revivalism. Revivalism makes a show out of the things of God, and that's what we want to avoid at all costs. And we don't want to manufacture anything uh, by man, uh, by what only the Holy Spirit can do. And so as as you think about things that are happening in our world, whether they're in the church, outside the church, uh, we need to have that that hopeful spirit that God can 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 visit us at any moment. But at the same time, we're going to test the spirit to make sure it is from him. Thanks again for joining us today on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.